walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, in this art he is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paying more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I'm your host. The hardest part of the ring. I just spit all over my keyboard. The hardest part of the ring. Better known in some circles as Kyle. How's everybody doing today? Just, uh, I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking. Uh, just had a big bowl of shawarma. Some chicken shawarma for dinner for the hardest part of the ring. A little falafel action on the side, a little eggplant. Mmm, daddy choked me. Just giving you the updates on the uh, what's going on inside me, but what's going on inside you is this episode going inside your ears. That's right. A little recap ski of ECW. Show called Massacre on Queens Boulevard. Massacre on Queens Boulevard. Boulevard? Massacre. Just like a massacre in the centro. Massacre on. Queens Boulevard, 1996. It's the show we are covering today. What a doos of a show. Lots going on on this show. Um, you might be asking yourself, hardest part of the ring, didn't you just do an ECW review a few weeks ago? However you sound. And yes, I did. Uh, however, I... Try to do these, you know, this, these wrestling wars of the '90s. This timeline, I try to cover everything relatively chronological. And it just so happens, see, fucking April or whenever this this month is. There is a ton of ECW shows and not a lot of WWF or WCW. So we're gonna be bulking some ECW shows here in the next few weeks. But I think towards you know as we go along in this year, I think like maybe the month after this. Things start to level out. It starts to be more staggered, but who cares? You probably don't even care. I'm probably the only one that cares about that, but that's the deal. And speaking of wrestling wars of the 90s, ECW, WWF, WCW, stay tuned for the end of this episode where the hardest promotion of 1996 battle continues as I will uh, grade the show and then we'll see if this show changed any of the superlatives of the year of 1996 was the best match of the year so far on this show the worst match how's the in ring how's the out of ring we cover it all and uh we compare all of the major companies and that's a little thing we'll be doing at the end of the podcast 
And uh, by the end of the year, whoever wins this competition among these companies, I will uh, purchase a championship belt of the promotion that wins. So um, high stakes here. And ECW, spoiler alert. Well, not spoiler because it's been in past episodes. But uh, so far, ECW has not had high marks as far as their pay-per-views. But I would say... I'll go as far to say as so far in 1996, this is the best ECW event that has happened so far. And judging, you know, based on input from my guests on this show who are a little more familiar with ECW than I am, um, apparently this is like a turning point for ECW. Apparently it's, it gets much better after this. And with a few things that happen on this show, I can definitely see why. Notably, we get a few factions, a few tag teams forming. Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to tell you, but they're legendary pairings and or groups. Several of them that get, that get formed on this show. Um, we also see the furthering of Tommy Dreamer and Raven, which is seems like it's uh, in perpetuity, this feud. But uh, I'm not complaining because that's generally... The one of, if not the best thing on all of these events. So lots to get into there. What happens on this show? We got the Eliminators and the Gangsters feuding here, which so far is fun. The matches, we'll see. Not a big Gangsters guy myself, but uh, by golly, their promos are, are entertaining. So we got the fake Undertaker. on. The, you see, the last the last ECW show that I covered uh, big ass extreme bash. We had the fake razor. Now we have the fake undertaker on this show. So <laughs> lots of star power is what I'm saying. But that being said, there is a lot of good on the show and I just want to get into it. So let's do that. But first, let me give a shout out to my guests on this episode. Kay and will from the Kings of the rings podcast. Great time. With these two people, these two lovely, lovely people, go check out the Kings of the Rings podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as live on Twitch, YouTube, um, Periscope, probably. I don't know, but uh, they're everywhere and they do a good job talking about today's landscape and wrestling, among other things. They got a great group of people over there, have some fun guests, including your boy who uh, had the pleasure of going on the KOTR podcast a few weeks ago. We were talking the draft, among other things. So still relevant stuff there. So it was uh, episode 338 from April 27th is the episode I was on. If you want to go check that out, give it a gander. It was a good old time with uh, for that episode. It was Will and uh, Ricky, who was also a sweet, sweet boy, even, even though he big timed me uh, on this episode. <laughs> but uh, no, go check them out. All their socials will be in the description, as well as mine, apron bump across the board. If you like ECW, if you like Wednesday night or Wednesday night wars, not the Wednesday night wars. I will never talk about that again. Uh, the Monday night wars, ECW, WCW, WWF. If you want to hear me recap all of those shows in full chronologically from WrestleMania 10 up until now, go to apronbump.com and you can go to the episodes tab at the top. And you can select Wrestling Wars of the 90s. And that'll bring you to all of the WWF, WCW, ECW shows that I've covered thus far in Chronolodge. A cool order. 
<laughs> and uh, it's a good old time. So I'm done babbling. Let's get to the show. ECW Massacre on Queens Boulevard, 1996, with myself and Kay and Will from the Kings of the Rings podcast. <laughs> I have been waiting my whole life to talk about this show. <laughs> <laughs> you as well, Kay, too, right? Um, yeah, I, I watched it at work today. I felt like because I live in Queens, I should be here. Oh, really? Well, that's perfect. We just stumbled yes. into that, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you, uh, Kay, have you ever watched ECW or did you ever like watch like in this time period? I did watch ECW, but like yeah. I like don't remember anything. So I haven't seen this in a very, very, very long time. Good. Got some experts on the show to uh, help. Because this is my first. I was ta- telling Will earlier. This is, I'm kind of going through this for the first time. I knew I know a lot of major things that happened, but some of the in-between stuff, I'm not sure. Like, you know, the debut of Devon. I wasn't really sure how that ended up. And like, what Oh, you, of- you just wait and see oh, what happens next. That was fucking wild. Yeah, it's just wait and see what happens next. So yeah. I, I, won't, I won't do spoilers, but... Well, Will just is wait, the just expert, wait and see. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> so, like, I used I used to do a show for our Kings of the Rings Patreon called Wrestle Wars. It didn't la- it didn't last too long, but I still took notes, and mm-hmm. I would pretty much do a, a scoring system between uh, Raw, Nitro, and ECW. And I think ECW had the best 1996 out of the three companies, just overall, really? at least by my scoring system. How much that means anything? So, <laughs> just, just 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 be aware because WWE is pretty poopy. WCW doesn't really get good until July, and then mm-hmm. ECW is pretty good, like from here on out. <laughs> so, funny enough, I actually have a running spreadsheet that I'm tracking who's having the best year of 1996 okay. among those three. And right now, WWF is, as of this point, WWF is like dominating because they have like Diesel and Undertaker was really good. WrestleMania was pretty good. Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart are doing good stuff, whereas WCW is just dog shit. ECW up to this point has been kind of, you know, whatever, just a bunch of nonsense as well. So, but I'll take your word for it on ECW getting better because I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I thought this show was pretty solid. I, I think up to this point, this is probably the best show ECW's put on this year. But uh, overall, before we dive into the matches, what do you guys think of the show in general? It was fucking wild, honestly. Yeah. Right. I can curse on here. Oh, yeah. This is Please. Okay, cool. Um. I watched it a little bit while I was like cleaning and then because I'm in the middle of moving. So I was like cleaning while watching. And then I watched the second half at work. Mm -hmm. So much happened in two hours. (laughs) Like, I honestly need like another rewatch to process everything that happened. It's a lot. Like, I didn't realize that Devon Dudley debuted. Yeah, I I had a feeling I, I was I was I was watching and um. I was singing it back in my mind. Oh, Devon isn't here yet. I wonder when he shows up. And then, bam, there Damn. he was. <laughs> and then he shows up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he shows up. All right. F words and all. Right. He was yeah. screaming so loud he lost his voice mid promo. <laughs> that was. Thou I've never seen that before. Not fuck with the Dudleys. Yeah. Dude, it was. I mean, we'll just dive right into it because, first of all, not only do we get the Dudleys, you know, the Dudleys that we all know forming here, but we also get the. At least the seeds getting planted for the full-blooded Italians uh-huh. in this opening program here. The so we FBI. got got Damian Stone and JT Smith, the Italian Stallion, uh, teaming up here to take on the Dudleys, which was, I guess, supposed to be Big Dick and Bubba. Uh-huh. Damian Stone, 
just debuted at the last show and he not, you know, any no character to him. He was just a jobber with black tights. But J.T. Smith, who's at this point, I mean, if you couldn't tell with the fucking Italian flag over his shoulders, is really embracing his Italian heritage. And uh, he's got a new Paisan as his partner here. And he's just like, you know what, <laughs> Damien, I'm going to call you Little Guido. And then from that point until now, that's what he's known as pretty much. <laughs> I guess they're cousins, by the way. So what were the wacky family trees in this match? But um, yeah, so it's the FBI versus the Dudleys, basically. But it doesn't really uh, the match. It's not really a match because uh, Devon interrupts like during the little intro stuff, because there's a lot of shenanigans. You got Bubba doing his stutter, which the crowd loves. He's like they're asking him what his name is. And he's like, bah, 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 all that stuff. Devon storms the ring for the first time, and he says that he's sick of this shit, to quote him. He says, you're fucking Bubba. Your name's fucking Bubba, or however he delivered it. It was hilarious. Your name's fucking Big Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Goes to each Dudley and's like, come on, enough of this dancing shit. And he just wrecks. Every- First of all, it was interesting seeing Devon being the vocal one of the Dudleys. I feel like yeah. that over, over time has evolved into the opposite very much. I mean, Bully Ray's still running his mouth every day. Um, but yeah, thoughts on Devon and how he kind of stormed on the scene here? It is pretty wild how uh, Devon, I mean, Bubba Ray literally started, now Bully Ray started as a stuttering buffoon. <laughs> and <laughs> it literally takes Devon Dudley to snap him out of it. Because the Dudleys themselves, this like, you know, they're, they're the island of misfits. And Devon, as we'll see, just gives them legitimacy it takes a while but this is just we're off to the races the Dudleys we know and love it gets their start right here at this show with the debut of Devon Dudley just out of nowhere yeah coming in fucking hot and ready to go I honestly forgot the Dudleys were like that to begin with like I forgot about big dick Dudley sorry but I did I know I know I know but that poor referee Oh God! The yeah, on, they the murdered that referee. <laughs> did overtime, dude. The Devon just hits it. Was he hit him with a chair? Right for no yeah. reason. Yeah, did nothing. Then, just mind Bubba his own hits business. With like a mini frying pan too. <laughs> okay, I, I I blinked and I missed it. Did somebody from the crowd throw Bubba a frying pan and he just caught it? Yes, that's yeah. very ECW. Oh, okay, <laughs> it's well, like the most. Yeah. This is the most ECW show. It's like if you've seen one ECW show, you've pretty much seen them all. So right. this this hit. All the beats of an ECW show, including a fan throwing in a frying pan. Well, I'm familiar with, you know, them fighting in the crowd and then somebody handing a guy their crutch and then boom, bop, all that stuff. And we see a lot of that in the show, too. But I've never seen a guy like throw a weapon into the ring, have the guy catch it and then use it. Oh, it's, it's just... super convenient. Yeah. I mean, it's like that's what frying pans were made for, basically. Um, but yeah, Devon, I mean, he is just like you said, he lost his voice with how much he was shouting and how intense he was. So. Really, a uh, really good debut for him. Like I say, he just wrecks everybody. The the Italians just chairs everybody. The ref, he just mounts the ref and is just pounding on him. It's a DQ finish if that if you care about that at all. But uh, yeah, really brutal segment here. But I guess we're off to the races with the Dudleys. And I've seen a handful of their later ECW stuff, and I could see this is definitely planting the seed for that like vicious side for them. But. Uh, it takes a while, but their yeah. their heel work becomes very legendary in like '97. Um, mm-hmm. But D, like this, Devon and the Dudleys, it's it's really it's really good stuff because at this time Bubba was also a booker. 
backstage. It was like him, Paulie, and Tommy oh, really? Dreamer were involved in a lot of the storylines, specifically Bubba. So how did Bubba a lot get of in success there? Success the W's. I have no idea. But <laughs> someone had to do it, and I guess Bubba, Bubba has a good mind for the business. So I guess he was, he was doing a lot of the booking. He's like still very young here, right? Because like, oh, yeah. how much experience did he have? And he's green. He's very green and like four hundred pounds. He's very overweight and he's very green. But he was just the top candidate to be the booker, yeah. I guess. Someone had to do it, man. They were on a well, shoestring budget. It's not going to be JT Smith, I guess. They so, weren't getting. Well, they weren't getting Vince money yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as far as I mean, how, how the Dudley's probably like low twenties. They got to be right yeah. at this point. I mean, yeah. You look at Bubba; he could be. 18 or 45 at this point so yeah for real no, literally <laughs> but um and we should say that the dudley's kick ass they leave and then jt smith gets up and he's like yeah guido we kicked their asses right you know like grabs the mic and says it and then devon <laughs> devon <laughs> sprints back to the ring tackles them chairs them again and uh it's like this is never going to end. I thought it was going to be two hours of Devon kicking the shit out of people, but uh, it was a surprisingly very long segment. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I would have been mad if that was like two hours of that. Yeah, you know, there's worse things, uh, like Billy Black, for example. We got uh, Billy Black in this next match facing off against Hack Myers. So you guys are familiar with the Shaw, right? Shaw, 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 Shaw. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's all that's all he's known for. That's it. It's the best. <laughs> Are you saying that the Shaw is just a, a hokey gimmick and he's not a talented oh, yeah. wrestler? Yeah, but the fans love it. Wait until Balls Mahoney debuts. Balls Mahoney was my everything. You know what's you, funny, Kay? Your actually, eyes lit up when he said <laughs> Balls Mahoney. I, I I'm actually friends with his cousin. Are you how? Yeah, he so he was uh he was actually he was he was in my fraternity. He was a few years older, but weird dude. Really weird dude. He's like, and my cousin's Balls Mahoney. Rest in peace. Balls Mahoney passed away a few years ago. But yeah. Yeah. They, they would play Shaw, Shaw, Shaw with balls, balls, balls. Typical ECW <laughs> crowd for you. Do Balls and Shaw ever face off? No. Balls Mahoney teams up with Axel Rotten. Oh. Yeah, what a smelly team that is. No kidding. <laughs> but- <laughs> so yeah, I like this. The only thing I can say with this match is it's Shaw, Shaw, Shaw. Dude, Shaw, I love I love Hack Myers. He's my favorite wrestler of all time. Uh, but he's just uh, an enigma. He's a superstar. Um, and the things that he does in the ring is magic. So is I love this match. Is he famous for anything outside of ECW? Did he ever work anywhere else? I think he did a cup of coffee in WCW. Okay. I, but I think, I think everybody in ECW kind of did. Sandman yeah. fucking did. I mean, everybody went over there at some point. But, um, but yeah, for the most part. It's funny because I had never heard of Hack Myers until I started rewatching all this stuff. He's not like one of the guys that like everybody brings up Sandman and Dreamer and Sabu. You never hear about Hack Myers. I'm like wondering where when does like because he's still hot here. Yeah. But like when does he like fall off? But there, there's a lot of that in ECW. A lot of it's like, who the fuck are these people? But they're like super over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they're super over like a balls Mahoney. <laughs> right. Of course. Um. But yeah, for anyone unfamiliar with Billy Black, which I don't know how you could be, uh, he seems like a Jerry Lawler ripoff from what I gathered. Maybe a slightly mm-hmm. rough, like a like a homeless Jerry Lawler, maybe. Um, <laughs> oh, um, ready to rumble. What's the guy's name? Um, oh, uh, Arquette. No, the the king. What? But he has a name. Whatever. The main character of Ready to Rumble, basically him, but a skinnier version of him. Uh, Jimmy King. Jimmy King is his name. Oh, okay. it's, it's, that's what he is but uh it was the match is what it is i mean it's 
brawling around. <laughs> Billy Black gets a this guy sucks chant after he yep. botches a top rope bulldog, which is always fun. Um, so I, who knows if we see that guy again? But um, oh, Billy Black also busts out like the most chaotic moonsault I've ever seen. But um, misses and then Hack wins with the Hack attack. I don't know if that's what he actually calls it. That's what I call it, though. It's like a a terrible, (laughs) like, top rope face buster thing. Always looks shitty. But it gets him the win. And Hack Myers is is victorious, as he should be. So, I don't know. What do you guys think about this one? If you have any other thoughts. It was fine. It it happened. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is for sure. It was whelming. It was very whelming. It was very, I was very <laughs> whelmed. I mean, it's ECW, man. Sometimes there's three types of ECW matches. Mm-hmm. Really, really good wrestling, which is surprising. Like, like a Jericho versus Benoit, like really good wrestling. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. the most ridiculous thing with Tommy Dreamer with like hardcore matches when the crowd fighting outside in the snow. Mm-hmm. And then there's this, which is just, yeah. It it's happens. A, it's a glorified indie show is really what it is. <laughs> Honestly, though, that was like the number one takeaway. Like I felt like I was at, an indie show. Like I felt like I was at NYWC show. I felt like I was at LaBoom. It was very nice, but I yeah. definitely on my couch. Would, would ECW be considered indie at this point? Cause I mean, they're only in Philly and New York pretty much at this point. I mean, they're Even, on TV, but they're on like access yeah. television at 11 o'clock at night. It's like, yeah, it's like public act, like public, like TV. I mean, yeah. technically they are on, like they're nationally televised. They're close to at this point. So mm-hmm. I always consider them indie because there's like a rinky, there was a rinky dink production, but technically on paper, yeah, they are an actual third promotion. They're right. like a step up from indie. Yeah. In term- I like that. Like, like it was that. in a fucking gym. Yeah, literally. Uh, it was in a, excuse it was in a me. Little bingo hall. It was in the, uh, oh my God, the Lost Battalion at, Hall. Yeah, in Rigo Park. Of course. Yeah, see, so you know, I forget you're the local person. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, man, another type of match ECW has from time to time are just stiff muggings of jobbers, which is what this next match was. We got <laughs> the Eliminators versus oh the team of El Puerto Ricano and Ew. Joe Hartgood. For some reason, this is for the tag team titles. I don't know what Puerto and Hartgood did to earn a tag team title match, but uh, the Elim- John Cronus and Perry Saturn are here. And uh, my goodness, they just uh, they beat these poor boys into submission. I I love watching the Eliminators, no matter what kind of match they're in. What'd you guys think about this one? The Eliminators need more street cred. They are hands down the best tag team of 1996, and it's not even close. The title elimination is just like the most exhilarating thing ever. Yeah. Uh, their promos, John Kronos, is just so uh, like scary and terrifying, and the guy in the back just laughs. So mm-hmm. the Eliminators are just so they need so much more respect on their name straight up. Much agreed. Yeah, I definitely felt like because I wasn't really familiar with the Eliminators, like I don't remember them. So it made me it makes me want to go back and look more into their catalog. Do you have any ma- matches either of you would recommend? Them and the Gangsters. Just anytime okay. them and the Gangsters go up against each other, they put the mm-hmm. Gangsters on the map and their feud really carries through 1996. Well, that's good to hear, because so far what I've seen of the gangsters is them just mindlessly brawling with the public enemy and the pit bulls uh-huh. and uh, just awful stuff. Like the promos are great, but all of gangsters matches I've seen so far have been awful. But oh, yeah, it, no, it, it doesn't get better. 
But okay. <laughs> they, they like literally they New Jack comes out with the trash can with Mustafa and they just beat the fuck out of everybody every <laughs> single time. Every single time. So you're it never gets old. They don't transition to wearing like wrestling singlets and kick pads. No, no, they just okay. transition to the Dudleys. <laughs> I see. Well, that's not not worse. Uh, but uh, yeah, so you brought up the gangsters and eliminators, uh, eliminators, eliminators uh, feuding. And that's starting to kick off at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I should say, by the way, the eliminator eliminators win. Obviously, this match, there's uh, they hit chair doomsday devices on both guys which is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, stereo moonsaults from both. Uh, Perry Saturn hits a lion salt from like three quarters of the way across the ring, which is very impressive. Um, and total total eliminations to both guys, both vicious, just an awesome, awesome move. And uh, that gives them the win. And then the eliminators who have been feuding with the gangsters on uh, the TV show, mainly they call out the gangsters to which they it's like they were ready to come out. They come right out. Mm-hmm. With a with a trash, by the way, love an ECW when somebody has a trash can. It's not like a WWE trash can where it's like they just bought it from Home Depot and it's clean and it's under the ring. No, it's a full trash can with trash in it. They I said throw it actually, in. there's actually trash in it too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just fuck it, just throw it all in there, and then they start going at it. The locker room empties, the police get involved. New York's finest, they get in there, but. uh New Jack punches one of the cops because that's very on brand. And um, I guess you th- you're not allowed to do that. So they handcuffed him and uh, allegedly took him and Mustafa to jail. But more Again. on that later. <laughs> yeah, Again. he just got out of jail. <laughs> New Jack. So um, I thought that that angle there was pretty was pretty fun. What about you guys? It might not have been an angle for real. <laughs> New Jack was <laughs> legit- no, it psychotic. It could have been was real. Out of his mind. Okay, I feel like I feel like. Uh, you would be a giant fan of the gangsters. It's like in, 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 at an actual show, you'd be losing your mind for the gangsters. Really? Yeah. I definitely had a lo- had fun with this segment. Um, New Jack is always a chaotic delight on my screen. <laughs> that is that. That's the best way to describe New Jack. One of a his children actually is a drag queen who I like follow on Twitter. His wow. actual child? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's- I didn't have that on my bingo card, but uh, I can't yeah. see New Jack being okay with that. I <laughs> don't think he is. Doesn't really well, matter now, I guess. Huh? Yeah, yeah, he's well, dead. So who cares? Welcome, right? <laughs> but uh, anyways, so, so I, I'm I'm really hoping one of you guys is a and an ex is an expert on Damien six 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 because I am very unfamiliar with this fella. Um, yeah. <laughs> Damien 666 of the apparently number one contender for the ECW world title as he faces off against Raven here for the title. It just I, sounds like someone's like AOL screen name. <laughs> it probably it was. Does. Yeah, it probably was. <laughs> and for anybody unfamiliar with Damien 666, I guess he was a big in AAA and AAA. WAR yeah. in Japan. So he's been across the world and he, I don't know how old he is. Well, now, now he's like 62 because I, I researched him. But so I guess he's like at this point a veteran. Um, Physically, aesthetic. I don't know. How would, aesthetically, how would you describe Damien 666? 90s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very 90s. It's like, um, what was Brooklyn Dallas Brawlers? George, it's kind of giving um, 
Jeff Hardy's more recent WWE makeup. Ooh, I like that. Ooh. But, a, but a little more gothy. Yeah, he, he looked like he was painted like a baseball, like um, Brooklyn Brawler's character. Yeah. Do you like? Okay. Do you remember when Demon Finn was going to be the pumpkin? Oh my God! Can you, I, I do not. Can, can, right can you recall me, please? <laughs> um, a couple years ago, they were supposed to be like the Demon Finn and um, Sister Abigail in a right. match. Mm-hmm. And Demon right. Finn. Oh my God! Pumpkin. That's why right. he was like a giant pumpkin. Yeah. Oh my God, Kate. I don't remember the pumpkin. I do remember this now. There was a promo. They like like flash into a pumpkin. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and the internet ran with it, but it never happened. Thank God. Right. Thank God. I do remember that match being built up. I don't remember Pumpkin Balor personally, but um, but I guess that's what Damien Six 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 looks like. But a little bit before before I forget, because Joel Gertner, uh, the ring announcer, stud muffin. The on the stud muffin, the certified stud muffin. Yeah, Joel Gertner is going to become one of the top heels in the business as a fucking ring announcer. <laughs> I promise you, it's the fucking the transformation of Joel Gertner is astounding. I want Joel. I love Joel Gertner. <laughs> I so, wonder if he's still around and still doing things. I want to reach out to him and talk to him. Ugh. He needs yeah. to be at WrestleCon. Yeah, but uh, also Raven's flock because Kimono Wanalea. This when this this when Kimono Wanalea comes up, right? And get, she gets smacked around. <laughs> oh my god! Among among the several women that get smacked around on this show, bold, I mean, so bold. And that random chick, I forgot that random chick makes out with the blue meanie and gets like cream, the whipped cream off his <laughs> stomach. That was really weird. That's not this match, right? That's a later. Oh no, it is. This is that match. this yeah, is yeah. this match? Because he's going up against Raven. So let's let's set the scene here because there's a lot going on. There's so much going on here. So Stevie Richards and Blue Meanie, the fabulous ones, are there. Stevie has a broken orbital bone, so he's wearing a hockey mask to protect his face. You got blue manies there, which that just writes itself. Uh, a random woman, a random woman just storms the ring, makes out with him, pushes him over, pours whipped cream in his belly button, and then licks it out of his belly button. Um, and the Kimono Wanalea is there, and she... So what happens? So Raven tries to stop the random lady from eating whipped cream out of his belly button. And Kimona gets involved somehow. Raven ends up slapping her. She goes face down like a family guy character. Just and then <laughs> she Richards is like, what are you doing, Raven? And then he's like, oh, I guess I guess you're my boss. So Richards <laughs> just starts stomping a mud hole in Kimona Wanalea and then cuts a promo. Stevie does and he goes over to Damien and is like, do you even speak English? And then Damien's like, fuck you. And then the match gets underway. But um, amazing. Imagine that, imagine that on WWE television, how that would go over. <laughs> Which part? Oh, my God, it, it wouldn't. Right? Like Steve Richards comes back and just smacks around Io, Io Shirai. <laughs> <laughs> I could see Otis being involved with the whipped cream segment. Oh, for oh, sure. Yes. Wait. Yes. Otis and oh, yeah. what's her? Oh, yeah. What's her name? Oh, yeah. Degree? Yes. Maxine Dupree and Otis. <laughs> oh, yeah. Has okay, that, now we're booking. I'm not 100% sure that it hasn't happened. With Otis Off with whipped cream. Off camera, it's definitely happened. Off camera, 1,000%. I feel like Otis slays for no reason. Oh, dude. The Riz, I right? Think, That's what the kids say? Oh, yeah. The Riz. Uh-huh. There was a, Otis pulls mad bitches. I, I would assume so. He got I mean, Mandy Rose. So. There we go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tucker, too, right? I mean, he gets all the bitches. Tucky? Tucky. Tucky. 
I feel like Tucker was a thing. Um, can we also take a second to praise um, Raven's DDT? I think Raven has one of the best DDTs in the business. Agreed. I always get confused. Is it the Raven effect at this point, or is that not till WWE? I think it's just called a DDT. I think he just calls it a DDT. Who has the even flow? Is that Tommy Dreamer? It might be. Although Tommy Dreamer comes out to Man in a Box by Alice in Chains. Right. So... I don't know, but if it is even flow, that's Pearl Jam. But it's 90s grunge, so it all fits. (laughs) Yes, it's all the same. It's all the same. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, Damien. So I was when I saw I saw this match on the card and I'm like, okay, I don't know who the hell this guy is. I research him. He's done nothing really of note. So it's like, oh, Raven's going to squash this random dude. And then we're going to get like some segment after. But this was like a whole ass match where Damien was damn near dominating in the beginning. He's not particularly good i would say he's kind of dressed like a janitor and he looks like one but i mean he's flying all over the place he's kind of sloppy but it's whatever he's throwing moonsaults out there he's jumping he's he throws yeah, raven into the crowd AAA yeah wrestling. sure uh very eho del vikingo-esque this uh damien 666 and uh raven raven still is, is suffering from the gouts i guess or he's recently recovered because he has that foot injury yeah so he's not doing too much. He's, he's a, lot, a lot of shots to the balls of Damien from Raven here. A lot of there's a headbutt to the balls that seemed kind of sus. Kind of kept his head there for a little too longer than uh, than I wanted. <laughs> but um, no, no, it was it was a fine little match. It was a little longer than I needed. But uh, the Raven effect DDT for the win. And uh, yeah, maybe Damien will get a shot someday. Huge fan of Raven. Especially when he goes when he goes to WCW, he's trash. But when he's when he's his run in ECW is some of the best character work because his promos, he's just sitting in a bathroom, he's like, I'm all sad and teenage nineteen ninety six mopey, and my mom's the problem. Like, yeah. it's just it's the best. And him and him and Salmon have a great feud. Him and Tommy obviously have the great feud that goes years and years and years. Like Raven is one of the best character workers. Need to put more respect on Raven's name for sure. Yeah, Raven's fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, right place, right time for the '90s for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, he fits right. He, in. Even even wears like the, uh, the 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 plaid shirt and like tied it on his waist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, he fit. Yeah, I mean, even his stuff he did in TNA was really good. I think it's very underrated. Um, that's fair. I think most of his the good the good stuff he did there was like before they went to Spike and all that. So maybe that's why not a lot of people are familiar with that, but. Obviously, his WWE run didn't really pan out too much, but Raven, yeah, I'm with you. Raven's awesome. And he's, at this point, the best part of UCW, probably. Either him or the Eliminators, I would say, uh, in my opinion. But after that, we got Shane Douglas versus <sighs> Axel oh. Rotten. You a big fan of the oh. Douglas there, Will? Dude, <laughs> Shane Douglas uh-huh. is the best heel of 1996. Okay, I'm listening. Shane- Shane Douglas comes in with like a quick face. Look at the promo. Shawn Michaels sucks. (laughs) That match was trash. And I'm Shane Douglas. Like Shane Douglas is just such a presence. And just, just wait until he gets his manager. And it's just off to the fucking races. He forms, he reforms a triple threat twice. Mm -hmm. Shane Douglas is an unsung hero. Of, of pro wrestling because he just couldn't Dean Douglas never could have made it <laughs> but Shane Douglas in ECW we can just go off and be a loose cannon Shane Douglas is the fucking man and it's it's gonna take a few weeks to kind of get in there but once he gets that TV title forget it it's game mm-hmm. over 
Shane Douglas is outstanding. I have nothing but nice. I've, I've also met him. I met him at Comic-Con, uh, WrestleMania in New Orleans. The nicest human being. I can't believe how nice he is. I was like, Shane, why aren't you screaming really? at people? Oh, yeah. Right. He's like, he's, he's, he's just like, he talks in the gruffness. Like, but in person, he's just like, yeah, I'm Shane Douglas. Uh, I, think I, I think I found God. <laughs> like, I swear to God, Shane Douglas found really? Jesus and he's became really nice. Good <laughs> for him. Love to see it. Love I love Shane it. Douglas. He's a great worker, too. He's a great worker. He's he's a diamond in the rough when it comes yes. to ECW at this point because he, he looks like a wrestler. Rough. He does. Yeah. Like, he's 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 one of the only guys that's just, like, in tights and boots and can cut a promo and can, like, work a match. There's not a lot of those guys in ECW at this point, so. Like, if you want to know how gross ECW is, watch. Look at Shane Douglas's trunks when he enters the ring to when he leaves the ring. His <laughs> trunks get filthy. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like you said, he, so Shane, first of all, I guess it was supposed to be Shane Douglas versus RVD, but RVD yeah. broke his wrist. So now Shane doesn't have an opponent, but Shane's still here. So he storms the ring, grabs a mic and he, I guess he sees a fan in the crowd that was at WrestleMania. I think it was the one with like the tall one with the long hair. I guess they're a prominent fan of some sort. And he was like, yeah, I think I saw you at WrestleMania. Um, and then he was like, yeah, you like that Shawn Michaels match? And then he's like chanting. He's like, hey, everybody, did, did you like that match? Everybody's like, boo. He's just like, you know, rah, rah, rah. And um, he invites Shawn Michaels to ECW. I forget what exact words he used, but I don't think it was. Say, you pleasant. want a real fight? You come to EC fucking W. Yeah. yeah! <laughs> he was not very happy. Not very oh, happy. He's the best, dude. I'm telling you, Shane Douglas is the fucking man. You know, technically, he won the Intercontinental Championship from Shawn Michaels. So, you he know, did. who wins there, no, no, right? No, no, that was that was Dean. This is Shane. Oh, yeah. I forget. <laughs> I always forget. <laughs> uh, but then Shane's like, yeah, I, I, I'm challenging anybody back there tough enough because ECW is full of tough guys. Not like, and, and I quote, to not like that piece of shit Hogan. That cocksucker Razor Ramon or uh -huh. Dick Flair. It's like Jesus, Shane. You're I mean, you really feel Shane. <laughs> Not getting that third run, I guess, in WWF. But uh, I guess he, he throws out an open challenge. Raven's music hits. So Shane, of course, is like, oh, I'm getting a shot for the world title. But it's Blue Meanie. A member of his nest comes out. Uh, Shane's like, no, no, no. We're not doing that. And then in comes Axel Rotten with a barbed wire baseball bat to the gut of Blue Meanie. Who knows if he even felt it. And uh, <laughs> now we have now we have a match between Shane Douglas and Axel. What are you guys? What are you guys thoughts on Axel Rotten? If you have any. Okay. Me too. Anything? Me too. Uh, I, always yeah. forget his I always forget he's I always forget he exists. I'm like, oh, yeah, Axel Rotten. Yeah, I, always, I'm pulling I, always, him up. I had to pull him up on Wikipedia. I always think he's in the Nasty Boys. I always think he's the one from the I think that's the, the idea. Boys. Yeah, but he's not. They have I a mean, lot Axel, of Nasty Boys ripoffs in ECW at this point. I mean, Axel Rotten was a great worker, um, but just I think I think he was a guy who couldn't get out of his own way. Yeah, so he's he's mainly known, at least far as as far as I know, he's known for his uh, matches with his brother Ian Rotten. All of the, he had that like the Taipei Death Match where they had like the glass shards on their wrists. They had like Jesus. all sorts of like bar. Have you ever have you seen that match? No. 
Really? I go. It's some. Is it some ECW? Time in yeah. Or is it Japan? See, I don't. I don't watch. I never watched ninety five ECW. It's not um, worth it. You're. You're. you're I know. That's why I didn't watch it. <laughs> I start, start. I start January ninety six. I don't go anything before ninety six. I don't watch any wrestling pre nineteen ninety six. Why? It's just too old, man. <laughs> That's such a funny line. Nope. Well, December ninety five. Nope. Not for me. <laughs> nope. Hell, I didn't want. I don't even want to start until like. Austin 316, to be honest, <laughs> or like NWO, like when Razor in yeah. May, like I don't want to start until like May 96, but for the sake of argument, I got to sit through three months of really bad wrestling in January, February, March. I'm trying to think of but anything well, worth. Look at all the good wet wrestling you could be missing. Oh yeah. Davis like, had three cages stacked on top of each other <laughs> that, and, it was, and it was terrible. That's, that's 96. That, that's, that's, that's uncensored 1996. Last yes. time you see Hulk Hogan before he turns heel. So yeah, I just watched that. It was a dandy. It was a it's, dandy. It's terrible. It's so <laughs> stupid. It's Dude. so fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to put respect on the final solutions name. Okay. I don't. I don't know if Benoit and Kevin Sullivan start feuding before that or during that. But if that happened, that's it was the after. only thing where it's after. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, like, I want to go back. I want to go back and like watch the '90s, like as an adult, because I don't fucking remember them. I was I was born in 1991, so I don't remember the shit I saw as a casual child. So like, Austin watch- Austin starts 1996 as the the dream the the ringmaster. So yeah. you feel I should start 1996? Where do you feel I should start if I want to go to the '90s? That's a good question. I mean. Maybe Bash at the Beach '96, ish. Because I, I, I'm, I'm, watch, I'm watching it for the first time myself, and I've watched oh, all okay. of '94. I've watched all of '95. Like pretty recently, I've been covered on all my podcasts, and yet not a lot worth watching before this point. I mean, there's a few things. I'm trying to think of anything in '95 that's like worth going back. I think Survivor Series '95 was pretty good. Okay. Um, there's, there's a few matches here and there that are good, but yeah, not a, a lot of misses, not a lot of hits. Okay, if you really want a good starting point, just start the first episode of Raw. Ever. No, no, we don't need to do that. We don't need to watch. It's a lot of garbage, uh, but if you you want to watch the 90s, because there's this, like, think of Monday Night Raw. It's literally before Raw and after Raw, because before Raw, it's just like wrestling was every now and then. Now wrestling's weekly. It's literally literally the the beginning of a new generation that changed wrestling forever. So if you want to start in the 90s, pre-96, I would say start there. Okay. Well... So when was the first? When was the first Nitro? Was it later in ninety ninety five? Later yeah. ninety five? It was like uh, it was like September ninety five. September ninety five. So yeah, yeah. Raw ninety three. That'd be so. a good point point to start actually when Nitro started. You could start the first Nitro as well. Yeah, because Raw. Mm, that's true. For a long time, Raw is just like squash matches, you know. So it's, it's like, only an hour though. Yeah, that's very. Wow, Raw is only an, Raw is only an hour until March of ninety seven. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of Raw, this match is pretty Raw. Shane Douglas, Axel Rotten. Yeah, Axel Rotten to me, he's, it's like he thinks he's a big deal. And I think ECW was trying really hard to make Axel Rotten a big deal based on it's yeah. like early ECW when they first transitioned to extreme championship wrestling. The matches him and his brother had against each other were so like crucial in them developing their identity as like an extreme company. But like nothing really ever hit with him outside of those. Like he's faced Sandman and guys like that. And Axel is, is the debut of Rob Van Dam was against Axel Rotten. Mm-hmm. Axel just doesn't come off like a star to me. I mean, but it's ECW and that's what they want probably. So who am I? Yeah. It also, and who and who is the one who took ECW Extreme? 
Shane was, Douglas. Okay, that's... <laughs> here we go, full circle. Shane Douglas, too. He's like, this belt is a piece of shit! To kiss it's, my ass! Yeah, now we're extreme championship wrestling! Ah! Like, <laughs> yeah. Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas is the one who turned it extreme. It was Eastern Championship Wrestling, and mm -hmm. Shane Douglas made it extreme. Gotta love the Duggler. But, um... Yeah, Axel Rotten kind of dominates pretty much all of this match, weirdly. But uh, they fight on the outside and all that. You know, all the ECW stuff. Yep. A Axel goes for a top rope splash, but misses. And then Shane hits the belly to belly for the win. I guess that's his finisher. I never really knew. But uh, yeah, Shane gets the win. This match didn't really do much for me, but I always love seeing Shane Douglas out there. So. You don't watch. You don't watch ECW for the technical wrestling. You watch ECW for chair shots, the crowd, and this fucking craziness. Like I'm sure the next match is the what is the crazy one. Yeah, I mean, well, any any other thoughts on that before we get to some uh, some shoot fighting? We'll just yeah, get right. it speaks for it. It speaks for itself. Yeah. It does. It does. Um, it's a match that happened. We'll put it that way. But mm -hmm. after that, we got as 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 Joel Gertner put it. An extreme hardcore shoot fight. Taz versus Chris Jericho. We got half of Rampage here. Commentary team oh. fighting off against each other. And Taz does a Sabu. His, he does. He's already, feuding with, he's already feuding with Sabu. They don't touch until one year later. Really? Jesus. It takes a whole year. Dude, that, this Taz-Sabu build is very, very long. And Taz is made to look like a monster, even though he's just a fucking meatball. He literally Taz came out. Taz came out. I was like, "Wow, Solo Sokoa dyed his hair. He looks great." Right. <laughs> I could not get over how young Taz is. Oh man, he looks, he looks slender. Fantastic. I he looks yeah. He's in um, a yam bag. I'm like very <laughs> handsome. Very dark Surprised. too. Yeah. Very dark. Let me let me. I'm gonna throw this out there. For up until like two years ago. I thought Taz was black. Am I stupid for thinking that? No, he's, no. A, okay. he's Sicilian. He's Sicilian. He yeah. Blew my mind. Blew my mind when I learned that. But um, Chris Jericho is not black, but they're facing each other. Taz and Chris Jericho. It's a shoot fight, <laughs> a shoot fight in pro wrestling. Like, so what do we say that everything else isn't a shoot fight on the card? I don't know. But the conception, like I get like Taz. They're putting over like his character, the foundation of it is like he knows all the martial arts. He knows like the judo and the jujitsu and all that. So I get it. I don't know if Chris Jericho's the guy you want to because some of the kicks Jericho was throwing, I wasn't very impressed with. But um, ultimately, Jericho's, kinda, Jericho's still a little green here. Yeah, he's. I mean, this is like his second match in ECW, so he's still yeah. ba fresh baby face, Chris Jericho. And he's, and he's on his way out. He shows up at Nitro in like a month or two. Does he really? That's yeah, fun. he's not. He's not. He's not there for long. And he comes. Come on, baby! Yeah! Wow! It's the, and the and K, our favorite song comes on. I love that song. With the the Pearl Jam. Oh, it's, uh, all the, the days by Matt. All the days. It's uh, it's Jericho's Nitro theme. Wait, is that the Pearl Jam song, or is that? No, no. It's just. Uh, I'll, I'll play for you after. Can you can you hum it? Yeah, I can play it for you actually. No, I want you to acapella it. Right now. Okay, okay, I'm gonna need your help here. Why? <laughs> <laughs> All my life I've been searching for somebody. I can't say I love the passion. Life. The passion was there though, that's all that matters. It's the best, it's the best song. It I'll is take your best word for song. it. Well And the music's just so happy. So it's very nineties. 
Doesn't sound like a Jericho I feel song. It could be in the credits of like a '90s feel-good movie. Yeah. Okay. I think like, Fozzie needs to cover it. <laughs> I just saw them live. They cover some weird songs, so I wouldn't. Are they good? Are they good live? Wait, how are they live? <sighs> so <laughs> that's, not, got, that's not good. <laughs> it will. I had fun, right? They got a lot of energy. That's not the question. <laughs> let, no, let, let, let me. I'm, they, Jericho can work a crowd. I don't know if Jericho's a particularly good singer. He's but not. The mute. The, I mean, everything. All the instruments were fine. This is Jericho in a stupid sparkly jacket. This is all over. But it was fun. I mean, yet, like I said, he has the energy, and that's really all that matters when you're a rock star, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but also, like Bill. Like, go ahead, Kay. I said I feel like I would like eat an edible and go see Fozzie. I should have. I think that's what I, I think. I did it wrong. It, it's on me, really. That's yeah. Next time. Uh, can, we talk about how, can we talk about how Bill Alfonso looks like a meth head? <laughs> Does he ever in not? His, <laughs> in his stupid fucking whistle. I think if there's anyone in professional wrestling I would want to have a match with, it's Bill Alfonso. So I can beat the fuck out of him Dude. myself. And I'm so, honestly, I, I'm, anytime Tom Gordon just punches him in the face, I pop in my bed <laughs> or in my living room. I pop okay. so hard. Him being handcuffed to Tom Gordon, because they have a great feud. <laughs> they have a great memorable feud as Do well. They? Great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't end doesn't end here either. They've already had so, a few yeah. matches at this point. Todd Gordon and Bill Alfonso. It's because everyone hates Bill Alfonso because his stupid fucking whistle. Dude, it is incessant. Oh, fuck that whistle. <laughs> him, and, him and Taz are a good duo. Him and Taz oh, are a really good duo. And he uh, he debuts Bill Alfonso the the black button up with the orange Taz on the pocket. Is just he's because he, he's transitioning out of like the referee. Role yeah. because that's how he came in. So now he's becoming yep. a full on manager, but great yeah, duo. Chuckerhead is Taz. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's a he's a feisty little one. You gotta stick below Fonzo. Well, it's not just Fonzie out there. Taz has Team Taz out there, which I'm learning that the recent Team Taz in AEW was like I guess a callback to this. Yeah, it was. That's that's Where's fun. Cage. <laughs> there, there was no Cage, no Ricky Starks, nobody. Uh, was it, was it Mako? <laughs> yeah, there's, act, there's, there's actually no one memorable in Team Taz. Just like there's no one memorable in the, in the new Team Taz. So, <laughs> oh, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Taz comes out. It's very like UFC. I don't know if it was inspired because UFC. I guess it was, UFC was a thing at this point. But UFC it was very, very young, and it's, it's. I think UFC was like '94. It was still like so. just bar fighters in a cage with yeah. no gloves at this point. Yeah. But he actually he takes on like a UFC fighter soon. Like mm-hmm. they, they try and have Taz go up work work with shoot fighters. And it's like he has like a, maybe like a karate expert or somebody. You'll you'll see. You can remind me when you it mean comes up. Karate? You mean ka- ka- karate? Karate. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he fucks up someone. So I look forward to that. Uh, yeah, Taz versus Chris Jericho. We got uh, Bill Alfonso, obviously, with Taz, and you got Todd Gordon behind Jericho here. I guess mainly because Todd and Bill Alfonso have been at odds. And uh, to neutralize Bill Alfonso, there's a there's a clause in the contract, I guess, for this match that Todd Gordon and Bill Alfonso had to be handcuffed together at ringside, which is fun because throughout the match, you have Alfonso like constantly trying to get away and then you have Todd pulling them back and doing the whole what why I ought to thing like over and over <laughs> again. Um but yeah Taz it says it's a shoot fight is it uh, basically evolves into just a regular match. You got Taz pretty much dominating with like suplexes and submissions. Jericho kind of seemed out of his depth here, but uh 
ultimately, uh, Mako, who was, I guess, Taz's training partner, is a member of Team Taz, super kicks the ref that's ringside who has the key to the handcuffs. So Mako grabs the key, uncuffs Alfonso, and uh, in the ring, I guess the, by the way, we should say the referee. I forget what his name is. He was a sensei of some sort. He had like a gi on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That well, dude. I forgot he I forgot he was even there. The sensei? It's like, like, like a special guest ref for a Taz match. Well, for a shoot fight. What a you tie. Yeah, oh, that's why a shoot fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need somebody with the skills to understand the shoot fight element of it. Clearly. Uh, but Alfonso, who has just been uncuffed, hits Jericho with a steel chair. Taz locks in the Taz mission and the sensei calls for the bell before Jericho even taps. So it was a bit fishy. It was like even Joey Styles is like, well, Jericho, I don't even think he submitted. Then as Todd Gordon gets in, because Taz isn't letting go of the Taz mission, Todd Gordon goes in there to pull Taz off. But the goddamn sensei hits Todd in the back with the chair and then locks in a Taz mission of his own. So the sensei turns on Jericho Double Taz mission. They bow to each other. And then Alfonso pays the sensei. It's a lot going on here. Thoughts? It was fucking wild. <laughs> it's good I, shit, man. It was good shit. Like, good shit's the best way to describe it. But, like, I want to go back and watch ECW because of this fucking pay-per-view. I would say this is a good point to start. Because I was talking earlier, like, everything before this in ECW, not everything, but most of the ECW before this is kind of mindless and dumb and not a lot worth going back. Maybe some of like the Lucha matches, maybe a Benoit sure. match here or there. But like, uh, did, did you have blue dust yet? No, we're not at blue dust quite oh, yet. Blue, wait until blue dust in the park. <laughs> That's sounds like a porn title, but uh, yeah, blue <laughs> dust in the park. It pretty much is. And Stevie's there. It's very weird. Who's dust. But um, after that, we got a six man tag match. We got the Pitbulls. The team of Pitbull number one and Pitbull number two two. and Tommy Dreamer, all a team versus the Bruise Brothers, otherwise known as the Harris Brothers and their cousin, Brian Lee. Primetime. Primetime. Brian Lee, Lee, the fake Undertaker. The Underfaker, some may say. The Underfaker. The original uh, American badass. Dude, I was because I was looking into Brian Lee a little bit earlier and like his Wikipedia picture looks just like American Badass Undertaker. It's, yeah. Look, he, if they did... He wrestles like him, too. <laughs> if they did the under faker thing, like, but, like, the American Badass version, like, American Badass Undertaker versus American Badass Brian Lee, I think that would have been a more believable thing. But, you know, they could still do it, I guess. Okay, <laughs> to AEW, you got Phil Wembley with something. Um, But, uh, yeah, they... So, all these six guys, it's a, it's a brawl. I mean, any Pitbull match just just... Chair, chair, guardrail, fight around the crowd. Um, I think they even fight to the outside of the arena, right? They, they like go out, they go outside and I'm like, dude, you guys are in tights and it's April in New York. It's still cold there. <laughs> On fucking Queens Boulevard. Actually, one one of the pit bulls, the, the the big bald one, he's he's dead. But the other one, mm-hmm. Gary Wolf, he still wrestles. He was on an indie show not too long ago. Hell yeah, love to yeah. see it. <laughs> so good for Pitbull. I think number two. Two is the. Two is the bald one, I think. Oh, sorry, number one. Pitbull number one. Uh, That's why he's number one, yeah, huh? They want, a, they want a really good angle with Pitbull number one when he breaks his neck in the ring. So really? Get ready for that. I'm not going to tell you who breaks his neck or what happens later on. But uh, 
I was never a big fan of the Pitbulls. I think they're one-dimensional and kind of boring. Yeah. But Tommy Dreamer, on the other hand, is the is I'm a big fan of Tommy Dreamer. I love Tommy Dreamer. He's probably my favorite wrestler of all time, if I'm being honest. I mean, his ECW run was fun. I mean, him and he's always takes a good ass kicking. He's always a silver lining on these shows, Tommy Dreamer. Even like the really terrible shows, he's always like at least in a decent part of it. Him and Bueller uh, are actually married too. They are. Bueller's yeah. pregnant are at this point. Yeah, human. Yeah, I think in storyline she's pregnant. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't was. sure if it was real or not, but. Oh no, because she takes bumps. She's definitely not for real pregnant. Did she take a bump on the show? No, but she will. She oh. takes a few of them <laughs> moving forward. Oh boy, I can't <laughs> wait. Um, but yeah, not. A lot going on in this match until the Pitbulls do the one thing they do well is the super bomb onto Brian Lee. They are Tommy Dreamer pins them, but Raven, who's not in the match, breaks it up with a steel chair to the back of Tommy. DDT's Tommy Dreamer in the middle of the ring, and then he picks Tommy up and then he holds two chairs on either side of Tommy's head. And the Bruise Brothers come in and hit their big boot on either so like a, a concerto, but with feet i guess standing with two of them i'm gonna tell you this i kind of like the bruce brothers i don't know i I don't know they're running ecw i feel like they they move really well in comparison to a lot of the other guys they just look like badasses i don't know maybe it's a guilty pleasure of mine but um, it's all about prime time dude prime time brian lee i'm telling prime time brian lee he can't cut a promo worth a shit but powerhouse and he's really good at beating up tommy dreamer (laughs) that that's his main skill in life yes beating up tommy dreamer okay yes that's a like, great we, fucking skill it's at the top of his resume i'm sure but uh well then the shenanigans start so well first of all uh the the big tall the big tall men win brian lee and the bruise brothers and then they continue to beat up on tommy beulah his uh pregnant is his the baby mama intervenes to try to stop the beating which why would you do that uh, Francine, who is with the Pitbulls, so Francine is then aligned with Beulah at this point. Francine tells Beulah to get out of the ring, you pregnant idiot. Get out of the ring. Francine's in there, gets kicked right in the face by one of the Bruce brothers. I swear to God, Francine gets her ass kicked on every show that I've ever watched from ECW, whether it's a total elimination or a pile driver. She always gets her ass kicked. Um, and this one's no different. So Francine's dead. And uh, the Pitbulls, who uh, are uh, Francine is their manager, they clear house. A table's brought in. And this, I thought this was actually pretty badass. So they set Raven on a table in the middle of the ring. Tommy Dreamer tells the Pitbulls to sacrifice him to super bomb Tommy Dreamer through Raven through the table. And that's what they did. And it sounds kind of dumb on paper, but in execution and the way the crowd reacted, I thought it was a pretty cool moment there. And that's why Tommy Dream is the fucking best. That's why. Yeah. Specifically. That's why. Specifically. Exactly. He, he has I, charisma. I get it. <laughs> it's all becoming clear. He, he's got the Riz. Tommy Dreamer has the Riz. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. I was unaware. Uh, yeah, any other thoughts on this one, gang? This is, this is the most ECW match you'll ever see. Yeah, it was my favorite match. Really? Of the show. Yeah, okay. it was super. Yeah, mine super too. Fun. It was my favorite match. And uh, it was it was better than Sabu's botches. <sighs> First of all, okay, I was about to say I love Sabu. I also love Sabu. I actually Same, think Sabu I'm... he's very underrated. I think you were saying. 
No, I was going to say same. Like, I was really excited to see Sabu on the card. Sabu versus Mikey Whipwreck, which, uh, I mean, it's pretty much what you would imagine this match would be. It's a, it's, it's a spot fest. It's very like, okay, now I'm going to jump over the guardrail in this direction. Okay, now I'm going to fall off the top rope in this direction. <laughs> For a long time. This felt like a I'm very long match. I'm going to miss this table. I'm going to fall off this turnbuckle. <laughs> it like, was, I can't even say it was serviceable because a lot of it wasn't. But they tried. Sabu, also Italian. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just changes the entire thing. Sabu's not even Indian. He's, he's Italian. <laughs> is he really? Wow. Yeah, Sabu's that. actually Italian. He's not He's not Indian. <laughs> what is great? This? Great entrance music, though. He has yeah. really good entrance music. It's the weird instrument horn thing. Mm, yeah, I don't know I don't what think... it is, but it's a really good sound. That that wasn't his ECW song, though, right? Because I know that's what he used in WWE. On Peacock, it, it was, they dubbed it over. Yeah, it's probably it was probably they probably dubbed over his uh, WWE theme because they don't have the rights to. Well, the, the ECW, ECW didn't have the rights. <laughs> so like ninety four, ninety five, Sabu, his song was like the Jaws theme song. Like he was is when he was still like chained to the gurney and he would like like he would storm the ring. So it's got to be better than that, I would assume. But, um, but yeah, Mikey, I mean, I'm not a big Mikey Whipwreck guy either. Like I'm not either. People I don't love Mikey Whipwreck. Like ECW fans love Mikey Whipwreck. I just I never I never got it. Never got it. I think he was the first triple crown, though. Mikey, Mikey, Mikey Whipwreck was man. And it's like the thing with Mikey Whipwreck is like his whole character is that he's an underdog. But at what point, like you've won all the titles, at what point are you just not an underdog and you're just a schlub yeah, and, with and a Tommy t-shirt? Dreamer, Tommy Dreamer does the gimmick better. Yeah, because he really doesn't win anything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. And Mikey Whipwreck, I don't know. His stuff in Ring of Honor pissed me off too. It's, it's a whole thing. But, uh, and Sabu, like I said, I mean, to me, from what I've seen, even his, his run in TNA, Sabu, he did a lot of good shit. His matches with like Abyss and he even faced Raven a few times in TNA. He had a really good run. I think overall Sabu is like, it's fun to like the spot, the, the botches and stuff. That's always the stuff that gets highlighted in his career. But for the most part, he's actually pretty impressively athletic and smooth. Maybe not smooth. Smooth is probably not the right word, but like he's, he was super innovative. I mean, the finish of this match and like, I mean the match leading up to it, it's a bunch of you know, springboards and yeah. diving into the crowd. Like by the, by the end of this match, I was sick of diving into the crowd and I think it, they were just spamming it. But um, the finish was awesome. So, Sabu has Mikey on, sat up on the top rope. Sabu sets up a chair. He runs up the chair, jumps onto the top rope, lands on the top rope, leaps into a Hurricanrana onto Mikey off the top rope, and that gives him the win. So Sabu wins, and uh, I guess in a year he'll face Taz. So that's where we're at with Sabu. So yep. Any other uh, any other nuggets on this one? Any other any spots stick out to you guys in particular? Oh, the one where he sits at the chair and he ends up going with a double axe handle <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. It was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But then he did, he did use, a ch- use a table use a table off the ropes into the crowd, so that was cool. Yeah, that was fun. Pretty dangerous, but uh, yeah. I guess he's homicidal and genocidal, so I guess it's what you expect. Um, but, uh, well, that brings us to the main event, folks. We got, it's actually a rematch of the previous show, for whatever reason. Uh, it's a three-way Elimination tag team. Well, it's a two way or it's a tag match. It's uh, confusing. <laughs> so <laughs> it was originally supposed to be a three way. It was going to be Sandman and Two Cold Scorpio 
versus the gangsters versus the headhunters headhunters. Um, but as we remember, the gangsters got handcuffed and taken to jail earlier. So now it's a two way or one on two one. It's a tag match. It's confusing. I'm confused. Um, first of all, this um, this Sandman entrance. Why was this 20 minutes long? And why was there so much groping? I didn't understand it, but uh, Missy Midnight. Hyatt, because she's a hua. She's <laughs> a, a scuzzy looking one. But um, yeah, it was yeah. it was rough. But uh, and two cold Scorpio dances his way to the ring. And I feel like those entrances were longer than this match was. But um, it was very, uh, very long. Sandman always has long entrances. It's just it's, it's his thing, man. But Sandman, <sighs> I think. Is the most over person in ECW. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think he was the most over. The crowd just fucking loves the Sandman. He's just a, he's just a psychopath who chugs beer, smashes it over his head at a Singapore cane, and he wrestles in pajamas. Like, so <laughs> you can well, ask for. What's not to love, man? He's just, I mean, that's the dream, right? Yeah, he's just your drunk uncle. That's just who he is. He's a psychopath. I guess those, those people from Queens can really identify with him, right, Kay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the headhunters are here as well. Uh, Mo Good. Fat, talk about a bore. Mo Fat and Mohim, the headhunters, uh, accompanied by their manager, uh, Damian Kane, who did, was I miss seeing this or did Damian Kane have the WWF tag team titles with him? It was very confusing. <laughs> I didn't know what kind of because they're not the ECW tag team champions. So it was like what belts did he? And it looked like the WWF ones. I don't know if they're like replicas or what, but. Unless they were part of another promotion. Who knows? I have no idea. I mean, the headhunters were just in the Royal Rumble a few months before this. So don't know. That was the thing that happened. And this match, much like their previous match that these teams had. um, Well, first of all, I should say that the gangsters weren't there in the beginning. So Sandman and Scorpio, they fight off against the headhunters. Again, it's more mindless brawling around the ring and in the crowd. Using weapons from the crowd. It's the classic ECW stuff. Scorpio throws a moonsault from the ring into the crowd, which at that point I was like, okay, just another <laughs> dive into the crowd. But uh, Missy Hyatt and Lady Alexandra, who's with the Headhunters, they have a cat fight um, as they meet the quota for the show. I love Joey uh, Styles. Joey Styles is the best. Uh, one of the Headhunters hits a splash on Sandman, but then in come the gangsters, still in cuffs. Because they were apprehended. And Joey Styles theorizes that they must have stolen a cop car to get back, which <laughs> I guess. Duh. How else? How else that is the back? only way you can travel in New York City. Oh. Is by stealing a cop car. Fun fact. Good to know. Good travel notes for if I ever go there. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so the gangsters are back. They eventually get uncuffed. I didn't ca- catch like how they got uncuffed, but they do. Um, oh, it's the guy from Team Taz, clearly. Oh, right. He's just the key guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, had a whole, he had the whole key, he had the whole key ring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the, the gangsters are in there. They have chairs and whatnot. And so do the Eliminators, who storm the ring, because they're still continuing that feud with the gangsters. They hit the gangsters with chairs. They beat on them. They, do they hit total elimination, or do they just chair them a bunch? I think they just chair them a bunch. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, but then they leave at, at some point, the headhunters leave too. I guess they got bored. Um, so they, they they're gone. 
So now it's pretty much just the gangsters versus Sandman and Scorpio. Um, I mean, anything in, in that match kind of catch your guys' eye? It didn't. It was kind of just a whatever match to me, personally. It's, it's hard to watch two hours of ECW sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. As much as I love it, it's, it's hard to watch it all in one sitting because a lot mm-hmm. of the matches are pretty much the same. Like, what's the difference between this match and Tommy Dreamer Bruce Brothers match? There really isn't that much of a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's very true. Like, I did watch this in two, in two sittings because it was all starting to blur together a little bit. Yeah, I did the same. So don't worry. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Even though there was there was some differentiation, but but not really, actually, now that I'm looking at it. But um, especially the second half of my watch, I watched it while I was working. So like if you are not like really, truly paying attention, uh-huh. the next match will slip on and you don't realize it. <laughs> and then I look yeah. up and be like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. Who is this now? Who's on my TV screen? <laughs> no, literally that I had to like would have to rewind and like go mm-hmm. back. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I think one thing this card was missing, you didn't really have a, a good technical match. Like, te- generally, they'll have, like, a Rey Mysterio versus Hoovy, yeah, or a Benoit versus Jericho or an Eddie Guerrero. But they, I guess Taz and Jericho was supposed to be that, but it was more storyline angle than anything. So, um, but I should say this match, this main event ends with uh, the gangsters win with when Mustafa hits a power slam onto uh maybe scorpio who cares who it was and then uh new jack comes off the top with the chair and that gives the gangsters the win which makes sense considering they seem to be challenging for the tag title soon so i guess we're still building up the gangsters and um yeah so overall i mean this match i've seen worse gangsters matches before i mean i feel like this had a a decent energy to it but i i agree it kind of blends in with a lot of the other stuff, but um, yeah. Any other any other notes on this one, guys? Nothing really notable. I enjoyed it. Yeah. No, I mean it's they're they're the stars of ECW at this point, so I see why it means it made events. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So that brings Massacre on Queens Boulevard to a close. Overall, I mean. In 96, because I've been watching all these ECW shows, I would say this is probably one of the stronger shows that I've seen so far from ECW. It wasn't perfect by any means, but you had some cool stuff. Like, I love the Tommy Dreamer Raven stuff. Um, the Dudley stuff was awesome. The the little Guido Hack Myers got a win. So, like, A-plus for that alone. It was but, a massacre, uh, all right. For sure. On Boulevard. Yeah. Well, you know what's not a massacre? It's the King of the Ring podcast. Kings of the Ring Kings podcast. Kings of the Ring podcast. That is it correct. Can get, it can get very bloody, though. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I've been a part of it. Ricky and I can fucking go at it, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, for sure. You still got our rosters all mapped out? How, I do. How did we do? I, I don't do. think I did well. Uh, I d- I, no, I think our rosters did really well. Want me to pull them up? Because, Kay, you, you weren't on that show. I was uh, not. What? I got to figure out which... For fuck's sake, I gotta figure out which Google Doc I had it in, which account I which account I had it in. One second, let's see if I can find it. Story of my life. Well, while you're looking for that, where can everybody find you guys and listen to you guys at the Kings of the Ring? Um, you can find us across all social media platforms at KOTR underscore podcast. We stream live every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, Twitch, at Twitter, and Facebook. Love it. Love it. Mm. Excellent. Yeah, that that pretty much nails it. 
Oh yeah, and I appreciate it's a lot of fun. We have we oh, have yeah. so much fun and bullshit on our show. It's it's a great time. <laughs> That's the thing. Our, our chat it's room fun. can get really wild, so uh, just be aware. It's pretty wild. It goes down in the DMs, is what I hear. It does. So. Here it is. Yeah, I found it. I found the draft. It's the DMs are spicy, and there's usually AEW updates as the show goes on. Because unfortunately Absolutely. for us, we compete with Dynamite. Yeah, that's right. also a problem. I should, yeah. I should probably talk to Ricky about that. All right, but Kay, here's my roster. I drafted Roman Reigns with the bloodline, obviously. Uh, Seth fucking Rollins, Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles with the club and Mia Yim, the Street Profits, Randall Keith Orton, Judgment Day, because I have Rhea Ripley as champion as well, uh, and the tag champs, um, Drew McIntyre. And here's where it gets fun. I drafted Quincy Elliott and the Maximum <laughs> Male Models. Who the fuck is Quincy Elliott? Oh, Google them. They're incredible. Um, I know who the in- Maximum Male Models are. So Quincy th- who? Quincy Elliott. Q-U-I-N-C-E-Y Elliott. Um, it's like Rikishi and Goldust had a kid. Yeah. A little bit of a... Uh, um- so Visagra. Them, and a little bit of a Viserra too, you're right. A little, them, him and Maximum Male Models are going to form a faction, and all they're trying to do is to get Solisco to break and do the Rikishi dance. <laughs> That's their whole gimmick. What an art. Um, I also drafted Aussie Jones and Austin Theory. Uh, Kyle also has a very good roster. He has Cody Rhodes as champion. He has Bianca as tag team champions because he's on Raw. Um, Gunther as with Imperium as IC champ. Grayson Waller. The Alpha Academy, oh yeah, oh, Roxanne yeah. Perez, yeah. the entire schism from NXT. <laughs> the, Why did I bra- drop the schism? I don't know, man. That was on you. The I was brawling, into it. The brawling brutes, uh, not not to be confused with the ones from ECW. Um, Los Lotharios. I think that's where I made a mistake. Los Lotharios. Um, oh, the Angel Garza is a gem. I don't know what you're talking Le- about. Le- Le- Lyra Valkyria. Who's yes. that? She's NXT. Uh, Gulak and Charlie Dempsey. Gulak still signed? Yep. Hell yeah. He's Donovan uh, Dijak uh, and Nakamura. So that's a pretty solid raw roster. That's a great roster. I don't hate it. I thought it was going to be worse. Thought it was and then be Ricky, Ricky had uh, Wesley and, Car- uh, Carme- as, and Carmelo as champions. Brock Lesnar, Braun Breaker, LWO with Rey Mysterio, The Miz, Charlotte, New Day, including Big E, Damage Control, LA Knight, Bronson Reed, Becky Lynch, Johnny Gargano, and Logan Paul. That's on NXT. Another very strong roster. Well, let me let me ask you this. If you had to pick one person from this show to add to that roster, who would you pick? And that's not Tommy Dreamer. Fuck. Oh, um, I'm taking the Eliminators. No, 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 I lied. Shane Douglas. You're not picking Billy Black? Fuck who? <laughs> I don't know who he is. <laughs> Shaw! Shaw! Once again, thank you to Kay and Will from the Kings of the Rings podcast for joining me through this massacre on Queens Boulevard. Great, great people. Go check out the KOTR podcast wherever you listen, as well as live on Twitch and YouTube. All their info in the description. I feel, I feel a calic in the back of my head. Do you ever get that? How am I, how are we, how are we looking on the, yeah, see, I got this fucking, I look like the gut, like the kid from Emperor's New Groove when I get a calic. That's why I can never have a man bun or anything like that, because I just look like a fucking sumo wrestler. Um, <laughs> Anyway, just let it fly. Um, but before we go, you heard about it in the you heard about it in the beginning. Time to grade the show and see who the hardest promotion of nineteen ninety six is. 
With that, Bartholomew, hit it. WCW, ECW, WWF, who's the hardest promotion? Eric or Vince or Polly? I think we can agree, though, it's mostly shit. Alrighty then, we got some. Um... So if you are watching on YouTube, you'll be able to follow along very easily. Um, if you are listening in audio land, I will walk you through this. Um, first of all, you know what? No, we'll just do the overview first. So this is the hardest promotion of 1996. WWF versus WCW versus ECW. Each company has a score. What is that scored based on? Well, hypothetical listener, I'm glad you asked. It's based on a few things. It's based up. It's based on uh, the pay-per-view grades. It's based on the best pay-per-view, the worst pay-per-view, the best overall average grade. It's also based on in-ring work. It's based on out-of-ring work. It's based on overall roster star power with a bunch of stuff, and we'll get into it. But each of those criteria, each of all of these criteria, we basically assign a company. And if that company meets that criteria, it either gets a point either gets a certain amount of points or it gets a negative points. And uh, we will keep doing this throughout all of the 1996 pay-per-views that we cover until we get to the end. So step one, let's grade this bad boy from a scale of S to F S being the highest F being the drizzling shits. So uh, I said in the intro that I thought this ECW event was the best one that they've put on so far and i still stand by that so without logic it would have to at least be as good as the best so far which i think is a c i think most of these ecws are so oh, not most of them, but there's a couple of them that have c's so it's definitely at least a c massacre on queen's boulevard i'm inclined to give it a b to be honest let's think about that for one second let's let's take a sip of let's take a sip of joe while we think about this Ah, need to warm that up. Um, <laughs> so uh, what we're thinking? If it's C, it's it's either a C or a B for sure. We got in your house six at a B. At WrestleMania twelve is an A. Uncensored was a C. So I'm, I'm kind of like looking at other shows and basing, um, trying to keep the same logic. I think this show was. You know, the, the thing about this show, it had a really strong start, but it kind of tapered off a little bit. Let me look at my, um, let's make sure I'm not, yeah, like Mikey Whipwreck and Sabu was kind of dumb. So it was the main event. Sixth, uh, the Brody Lee, or not Brody Lee, the uh, Bruce Brothers, Brian Lee, Tommy Dreamer, Pitbulls was fine. Some of it. Shane and Axel was stupid. Why is Damien 666 getting a tight? You know what? Yeah, the, the show gets a C. It's one of those things where I like I enjoyed it as I was watching it. But you know, looking back, it's like it wasn't as good as I thought. But it was still a solid show. And I still think it's the best one so far. I would probably give it a C plus if that was an option. But it is not. So this show, Queens Boulevard, gets a C. Now we go and see what company has the highest average grade. As of right now, WC or uh, WWF still has the lead with uh, an average grade of about a B. ECW's in second with about a uh, what would that be? 
a D plus, I guess, C minus. WCW has a D. So, um, so no changes there. So as we come back to the overall scoreboard, no change to the best overall average grade of these uh, pay-per-views. And just to recap, WWF is sweeping the board so far with 22 points. WCW and ECW both with zero. Uh, but a lot can happen, a lot, and a lot will happen in 1996. And I should mention, I should reiterate that we are um, not taking advantage of hindsight. So we, we're, not, we're not thinking about the NWO. We're not thinking about Stone Cold Steve Austin and his rise. We're not thinking about anything that happens in ECW going forward. We are basing it off of what we've covered so far. And so far, the first uh, third or so of this year, WWF has had the best products. But let's see if that changes at all. So best pay-per-view, still WrestleMania 12. Um, it's the only one with an A grade. So easy logic there. Worst pay-per-view, uh, WCW Super Brawl. Still, still it. Still it. Uh, best overall in ring. I don't think anything on this show really would teeter that in any direction. Right now, we're tracking WWF as the best in ring. You got Brett and Sean and Owen and um, even stuff like Diesel and Undertaker over there um, doing good stuff. So overall, WWF and WCW is not even in the <laughs> equation for, for now. Maybe when the Cruiserweights pop in, but not yet. We're not there yet. Quite. Uh, best match, Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart, WrestleMania 12. Still, yeah, nothing on this show is better than that, so that stays the same. Worst match, Hogan versus Giant from Super Brawl. Nothing on this show. I don't think it was worse. Now, I mean, I was expecting the main event to potentially give it a run for its money, but... the. It was a, it was better than the previous version that we saw at the last ECW event. So um, Hogan versus Giants, still the worst. So WCW gets the negative one point for that. I got a burp. <clears throat> that was almost vomit. All right. We got roster and star power. So this is just looking at the roster, looking at the strength of the roster. And in the past, I've kind of thought like, like from a um, like a mainstream perspective, so you know, like right now we're tracking WCW as the best roster purely for the fact that they got Hogan and Macho Man and Ric Flair and Lex Luger and guys like that. And that may very well stay the same, but let's think about this. So we haven't covered it in pay per view form yet. Well, WWF just recently got Mankind and Mark Marrow. Um, and I think it hasn't happened on screen yet, but I think behind the scenes, Brian Pillman has signed with WWF as well. Um, we won't take Pillman into account yet because he hasn't appeared and he has the, the Hummer accident. So we're a, a long way from him being a factor at all, but mankind Mick Foley. Now on one hand, like I said, we can't take into account the things he does in the future. Right now, he's just a new character. He's just uh, a guy with a mask or a demented boiler room, you know, a wacko, right? But first night, he gets put into a feud with The Undertaker. So I think that is something that, it, that has value. Same with Mark Marrow. I mean, Mark Marrow, 
Johnny B. Bad was was huge in WCW, and now he's in WWF. And and so far he's been presented in WWF. In the first few weeks, he's been he's been presented very well. He's in a feud with with uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. He's had several matches on Raw. Not not no really high profile matches yet, but he's made a um, he's made an impact. And on top of these new guys, WWF still has Diesel. They still have Razor. They're still clinging on to those guys for now. They got Undertaker. They got Shawn. They got Brett. They got Ultimate Warrior, another guy, by the way, who just returned. Uh, Gold Dust, Dustin Rhodes, he has a lot of cachet. I mean, and I'm probably even forgetting people. Now, the question, the question is, is that better than what WCW has in Hogan, Macho Man, Flair, Luger? Um, I mean, the, the, you got to take it to account. The like cruiserweights like Eddie, Eddie and Benoit. Um, man, I almost feel bad because this is the only thing that WCW is clinging on for now. I think, but I think overall, man, oh, this is tough. You know what? I think we're going to keep WCW for now because it, it, it'll change whatever in the future. So. We'll keep it WCW, but it's by a very, very small margin. So the WCW wins that and they get four points. Uh, wrestler of the year. Shawn Michaels is what we're tracking now. Did this show change that at all? Um, I don't know who would be from this show. You can, you can argue Raven, maybe. You could also argue fucking McFoley. Uh, but that would keep it WWF either way. So uh, we're, we're, we're going to roll with Shawn Michaels, I think. Um, just trying to think. Anybody in WCW? I don't think so. Anybody in ECW or like Raven, maybe Shane Douglas? Devon Dudley? <laughs> I want to put Devon there, but um, no, we're going to keep it at Shawn Michaels. Worst of the year. We're tracking Hulk Hogan. Um, throw Damien six 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 in there. Um, just looking through my notes, looking through the card, seeing if anybody pops out at me. Axel Rotten. That's a uh, <laughs> that's a candidate. Mm, Mikey Whipwreck. Headhunters, Damian Kane. Yeah. We're going to keep it at Hulk Hogan just because he's so high profile and he's just pre NWO Hogan, man. It is hot garbage. But um, yeah, so no change there. WCW gets a negative point out of the ring. So gimmicks, characters, promos, storylines. Right now, we're tracking WWF as the best. So right now, what we got? We got Sean and Diesel. We got Taker and Mankind. We got Goldust and Ultimate Warrior. Razor's there. Mark Marrow is a good. But the question is, did anything on this show, the ECW show, change that? And I don't think. Like the Raven and Tommy Dreamer stuff is good. Some a lot of the Shane Douglas stuff is good, but everything else around that so far, even like the Eliminators and and Gangstas, 
looks like it has the potential to become something pretty good, but we're not there yet. Uh, oh, I'm burping. Um, so <laughs> yeah. So best overall WWF still has that. They got four points. Best character slash storyline. We're tracking gold dust. That's the best so far. Um, Gold Dust does Dreamer and Raven is that better? Or is Shane Douglas better? No, no. Um I think did we put I think we I might because what happened with Dreamer and Raven on I'm recording this on a different day <laughs> than we recorded the episode. So at this point I already forgot. Um, notes, clicking, clicking my mouse to find it. Boom. Oh man. With, with the table sacrifice, you got, uh, the pit bulls are in there. The bruise brothers. The brawling dude. Fuck it, man. I'm going to put gold dust is also kind of cooled off a little bit at this point. Not cooled off, but he's in a lull at this point a little bit. Um, or has he? You know what? No, I'm gonna keep. You almost had me. You almost had me. We're keeping it a gold dust. Uh, for now, for now. Worst character storyline: Dungeon of Doom. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't think there was any changes. Once again, this has kind of remained steady for a while, but um, it still feels like we're revving up. In this year, even though we're like a third of the way through it, but the rest of '96 is going to be wacky. But uh, as for now, this is this is where the standings remain. So WWF is still in the lead, 22 to zero to zero, and that's that about does it. I think that's about all Daddy has for you. Gone a little long in this. I I like hanging out with you guys. What can I say? I don't want to leave you. I'm a very lonely boy. Um. <laughs> But thank you guys for listening once again. Love you all. Appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate you tuning that dial to this. Um, co- these coordinates. This uh, What's the radio dial? The uh, frequency. Thank you for turning to this frequency to listen to my velvety voice. Be inside your ear. I'm hard. Yeah.